What's up, y'all? This is Zaya, one half of the Jurassic Views, probably the most erratic and um, probably off the cuff um, member of the crew. Um, usually it's Bryce that leads the post game reactions. Um, but in this case, it will be myself. I know that uh, some schedules have changed, and so I'm, I'm subbing in. Um, and I'm just going to quickly go through last night's impressive win versus the Chicago Bulls. Um, in light of the hefty schedule, uh, these wraps have uh, been... Um, really battling in the last for more than a week, uh, they continue to impress. So we're just going to really quickly go through some of the details that I think were 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 highlights of the game, and that really had me on my feet. That had me swearing at my screen. Um, that made me try to figure out how are these players playing at such a high level in a partially empty um, eighteen thousand um capacity stadium it's incredible but first things first i did want to give mad respect uh to fred bambley who has been named as an eastern conference all-star reserve it is his first all-star and i don't know how to express using words in the Queen's English on uh, how I am stoked, excited, uh, beyond reveling at the fact that uh, someone who came through the Toronto Raptors uh, system and player development system more specifically um, had a, has arrived at such great feats. Uh, we're, we're speaking of uh, the Fred Van Vliet that went on draft in 2016, that had a stellar collegiate career uh, leading the Wichita State uh, to um, high-level NCAA tournament um, competitions. We're talking Final Four and going undrafted and then being the fourth stringer, uh, I I would say, point guard, um, behind Corey Joseph, behind DeLon Wright, behind Kyle uh, Kyle Lowry, of course, and worked his way through through, uh, in training camp to the point where he was getting solid bench minutes. And then fast forward, he's getting heavy minutes in 2019 championship run. Fast forward to this year in a post Kylari era, he's essentially the leader of this team, may not be the best player on this team. I think that would be credited to Pascal, but is he has put his imprint on the team, his DNA, and it's not just us fans who are convinced of it. It is, there's a consensus amongst coaches, media, players around the league, that this guy um, is a dog, like Kevin Durant said a couple of years ago. Um, he's a dog, and he wears the black and gold, the, the, the red and white. He, he's a Toronto Raptor, 
and there's a level of pride. <laughs> I mean, I am going to get a little nationalistic. Like, there's a level of pride that um, he, this narrative has been birthed here in Toronto, here here in Canada. Um, that um, the 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 suggestion that we cannot produce top talent in the league. We've done it with DeMar DeRozan. We've done that with Kyle Lowry. And now we're do and we've done it with Pascal Siakam. And Fred Van Vliet is just another reiteration of that. And um, again, I, I think there are several op-eds that will be written about this achievement, but um, I wanted to start off the post-game uh, reaction in giving Fred VanVleet the flowers that he deserves because I think there's something about him and his ethic that also um, reflects many fans who always opt- who often feel marginalized and um, underappreciated, right? Because we are supporting a Toronto Raptors fan base that often is, is, is treated like we're still an expansion franchise, and yet. Um, uh, we're here. Um, now, on to the game. Uh, this was an exciting one. Um, it's always great to see DeMar DeRozan back in the building, back in the city. Um, and he will always, he will always, always, undoubtedly, uh, receive love and appreciation for what he did, to, what he contributed to this franchise, bringing it to where it is today. Um, and so... Having him in the building, I think we knew that it was going to be uh, a game. Knowing how he was, um, how he plays, how he really uh, performs against the Toronto Raptors, especially since the trade, um, he brings his A game. Uh, Zach Levine, another All Star. Uh, by the way, uh, just just. Just to reiterate, DeMar DeRozan is not just an all-star nominee, uh, selected, but also a, a, an all-star starter in the Eastern Conference. So we're talking upper echelon talent in the league and and probably a, a fringe MVP candidate. Uh, so that's important to note. Uh, let's bring on Zach Levine, who's uh, another all-star second year, and he's been playing out of his mind. I think his art in terms of development is where uh, not many people expect it. So the Chicago Bulls were coming heavy despite not having uh, a couple of members of their backcourt in in Alonzo Ball and Caruso. I still think they were, they're still a solid team. And I think it's, uh, it's indicative of their standing in the east they're number one they're going number one and two back and forth with the miami heat and they have vujicic who uh is a previous all-star when he was in orlando so all this talk about you know chicago bulls were missing a couple of pieces let's put that to the side um it was an overtime win for the Toronto raptors the second overtime win in a matter of what five six days and uh, a 127 and 120 victory that I think gave you everything. I, I, I think it was a matter of the Toronto Raptors um, going in for the kill. Sorry for my violent analogy, but really going in, 
knowing that they have specific advantages. Nick Nurse ran a specific defensive scheme against DeMar DeRozan and double teaming him at different iterations of the game and very strategic. The only, the, the, the double team was coming from, from Fred VanVleet as he was roaming closer to wherever DeMar DeRozan was on the court and then immediately rotating. Um, we, I didn't see that with anyone else other than Fred because I think that was strategic to disrupt um, DeMar's flow uh, and offensive rhythm. Now, he was also being guarded by OG Ananobi, which just added a, a level of height and, and strength um, that I think Gary Trent doesn't have at this point of his career, defensively at least. Um, but let's just let's just say it out loud. I mean, not any, not one player is going to stop Demar Derozan. He's so proficient offensively. He ended the game with twenty eight points, fourteen for fourteen from the free throw line, seven for seventeen with seven assists and six rebounds. Um, and that was actually a, a a really solid defensive display on behalf of the Toronto Raptors. Um, now, Zach Levine also ended the game 6 for 10 for 15 points and 7 assists, 5 rebounds. And I think that was the key. I think that was the key to ensure if you have Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan going off, good luck. That's a, fire, that's a, that's, that's a house on fire. That's, there's no way you're going to escape it. Uh, there, that, that's a dynamic backcourt duo that I think are credited for why they are where they are in the Eastern Conference right now. Now, I think the key was to allow someone like Nick Vucevic to go off, and he did. He ended the game with 30 points and 18 rebounds. Now, the thing with Vucevic is that he's not a playmaker as Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan. And so defensively, it was if if there's someone that we're going to let score on us in the big three, it's going to be Vucevic, who took advantage of the center position who was being held by Scotty Barnes, uh, who did his work, and we'll talk about that later. Um, and But when push come to shove, I think Elizabeth showed up. Yet, when it came down to the overtime, um, they weren't running plays through him. They, they weren't giving him the ball in the post. Uh, the, 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 the game was too tight. It was too uh, tense to just leave it for... Vucevic in the post in order for him to play make. Um, and I think that was an important scheme that uh, the or calculation that Nick Nurse made, knowing full well that um, our, uh, you know, Ken Birch being back, but still not 100%. And if there is a position uh, in the Toronto Raptors lineup, the center position is where we're probably the weakest. Nevertheless, we came with all guns blazing. I mean, uh, Pascal, to me, uh, if he's not selected uh, as a as an all-star replacement, um, he should be considered as uh, an all-NBA candidate, um, as at least third team, because goodness gracious, this guy is going is continuously improving game to game and showing why he's at the top of his game at this point after the surgery. Um, 25 points, 13 rebounds, seven assists, 
uh, two steals, one block. You know, he shot it uh, nine for 22 from the field. I think there were moments where he settled too much for that mid-range jump shot. But you know what? The minutes that he uh, has been logging should be noted that uh, it's fatiguing. And so um, diversifying his offensive repertoire and, and maybe relying on that off uh, on that mid-range allows him not to um, bang with whoever he's de- being defended by, and allows him to 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 maybe even be uh, uh, injury averse. Um, and so that was actually quite prudent on his behalf. Again, forty-five minutes. Um, another uh, forty-two minutes uh, being played by Fred, who finished the game with twenty-one points nine assists, uh, and four rebounds. Um, he didn't shoot it as well, and he hasn't been shooting it since uh, he, he took some time off due to his uh, uh, knee swollenness, I believe. Um, and I think, again, logging in heavy minutes um, but and playing, it, playing at a high level on both ends, um, you're going to have uh, slight shooting slumps like this. Uh, nevertheless, uh, his playmaking and his um, his basketball acuity is still at a high level. So he's able to do things even on the defensive end that uh, shift the game. Now, it's also important to note that um, in the at the end of the game, he turned the ball over. And I think some, if there's an area in in Freddie's game that he still needs to refine is the half-court playmaking, uh, getting a shot off, as well as crunch time, right? Like we're talking ball in his, is in his hands, isolation, um, and there's and, and there's limited options. Nevertheless, uh, we know what he can do, but limited options in terms of what he can actually do in terms of time. Um, and that's an area that I think Fred can improve. Not only did he turn the ball over at the at the end of the game, he also missed uh, the 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 shot, the layup uh, to to tie it. That ultimately led to Scotty Barnes tipping it in. That took us into overtime. Um, now it was an exciting game. I think I highly recommend that you look into the highlights. Uh, to see uh, the ways in which uh, not only do we maintain a lead throughout most of the game until the fourth where we were mounting a, a comeback, and it was marginal. It wasn't anything that we couldn't overcome. But there is something that I can fret that um, Bryce mentioned in a couple of episodes as uh, since the triple overtime win in Miami against the, the Heat, these Raptors have been playing at a level where um, there's a mental fortitude, there's a calculatedness in which they know how to uh, shift, make shifts both defensively as well as offensively uh, to gain further ground in a game. Um, I, if you ask me, I think sometimes it's too risque, um, and, and I mean this in, in this way. They would put themselves under... <clears throat> under by, by, you know, a deficit of, what, 10, 15 points sometimes, um, just like they did against Atlanta. Nevertheless, they know how to mount back. And that's what I think is impressive since 
last weekend in that triple overtime game, they know how to do two things. I think one, they know how to play with each other better. I think this is a uh, first in which, and a longer stretch where everyone's healthy. Um, and then secondly, I think there's a level of trust that they have with one another um, that is quite unique uh, because even in this game, not only did you have Pascal and Fred going off as a solid duo, you had OG Ananobi that went off for 21 points, 8 for 15 from the field, 6 assists. We talked about him being the primary defender against DeMar. Well, he was also guarding Nick Busevich, um when DeMar went off to the bench. Um, and you also had Gary Trent that's been going off for 30-plus for a week now, for a week now, he didn't have the same type of offensive output. Nevertheless, he had 16 points, 5 for 13 from the field, 3 for 8 from the three-point line. Um, and and you know what he's going to bring defensively. I, I still think he gambled just a bit, but I trusted his, you know, his, his, uh, his decision-making process in how he defended Zach Levine, how he rotated, um, and to increase the level of intensity defensively. Um, now, you also had Scotty Barnes, who additionally went for 21 points, 8 rebounds, uh, 9 for 16 from the field, 2 for two for 4 from the three-point line. So you essentially have your starters going off for, um, on an average, t- for, you would say, 18 to 20 points each. Um, that's hard to come by. But I think the swing player, the X factor of this game, who provided both offensive uh, energy as well as um, defensive tenacity, and and I, and I think we use vocabulary words like that to, to describe um, um, different types of you know uh, players, uh, uh, you know, um, and you know to, to to analyze players' performances. But no, trust me, Chris Boucher did things that not just like that were strong in terms of the category of intangibles, but it actually produced statistically to the game. So this bench that we've been uh, yearning for, this bench contribution we've been craving for, he literally actualized it, right? He went for 8 for 14 from the field for 16 points, 10 rebounds, uh, 2 assists, 1 block. Um, He had 1... uh, foul, which which is quite important because he's one of the most solid bench bigs that we have, right? That has that that has the versatility to guard on the perimeter as well as to bring help defensively inside. Now, Precious Achua also contributed defensively by grabbing um, eleven boards in total. Uh, I said defensively, but it, important to note they Boucher and Achua also had both both had five offensive rebounds. Um, very key, very important, and p- putting pressure on the Chicago Bulls. We don't win this last night's game if it wasn't for those two guys. Um, again, the starters are going to bring are going to give you what they what they can produce, hands down. I think the scouting report confirms that. Um, at best, you just cross your fingers and you hope. Um, one or two guys, uh, two starters, just doesn't show up. Well, that wasn't the case. I know Gary Trent had a bad shooting game, but he still he still poured 16 points in the game. But the key was was the bench, and specifically Chris Boucher. Um, he provided that 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 momentum offensively and the continuity 
when we were being when we did have a lead or we were mounting back uh we were mounting back making a comeback um and all this talk about him being traded uh has me really worried because if you're going to trade chris boucher then you better bring value back both or, or either in in a, in a prospect a young uh, uh, prospect that you can afford or two uh, some veteran more veteran uh, sturdy help uh, coming off the bench who's who's a who's a big because I don't foresee Nick Nurse rejigging the starting lineup and and putting Scotty Barnes um, on the bench or Gary Trent on the bench uh, for that matter so uh, it's going to be interesting uh, I'm I'm actually um, hoping that Chris Boucher stays on. Um, if there's anything that I, I look at in terms of now from the game and how that game stands um, for the Toronto Raptors in the standings, um, a couple of things. One, the Eastern Conference is one tough, tough place to be uh, competing in this league um it's it's not just top heavy like it used to years past um there's there's competition all the way to uh 10 11 with the washington wizards um i think they there's i think three points three games between the toronto raptors and the washington wizards um you have the knicks you have you have the Boston Celtics, um, and then you have the Charlotte Hornets and, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, these teams, again, are not going to be, are, are not known as championship contenders, but they're bringing it every night. And so uh, it's going to be an interesting rest of the season, uh, especially if we're going into the second half of the season, uh, particularly post-All-Star game. Uh, we are going to see what the Toronto Raptors can do to move up a peg in the standings. I, I actually think they can move up to six at best um, and probably p play upset if uh, they, depending on who they, uh, uh, who they play against in the, who they uh, uh, play against in the playoffs. Uh, I say that because the second half of the season, our schedule is so much lighter than the first half. And if bearing no injuries, knock on wood, uh, we may very well see a version of these Toronto Raptors uh, getting better. So the goal of development, as well as winning, um, can very much be realized, knowing full well the rise of Scotty Barnes, how Freddie is continuously reasserting asserting himself as a top premier, I should say, point guard in the league. Um, how Pascal is continuously developing as all in, as all world really, um, and OG and Gary Trent are, are are their 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 acumen and their abilities and vers versatility uh, both on both on both ends is coming to fruition, and um, we may very well see a team that is ahead of schedule. And I think not only last night's game proved it. But I think the games this past week have reinforced it um, that the, the, these Toronto Raptors are too much. Um, there was an old uh, rap group back in the day, um, hailing from Rexdale, 
um, I see you called Ghetto Concept. It came out with, you know, a few tracks that charted um, in Canada and maybe the U.S. I think Easy on the Motion um, charted in the U.S. Uh, but they had a track that then went on with a remix with uh, Baby Blue Sound Crew. Trust me, we're going into the archives of hip hop history, uh, early 2000s. So we're talking uh, headbands, baggy pants. Um, it seemed like every video was being shot at a nearby a pool. Um, women in bikinis, guys obviously full, fully clothed. So um, we're talking about that kind of you know, gender descriptions. Um, but they had a track called Too Much. And I really feel that, that that's on my mind. I'm not suggesting that that's the, that's the sudden anthem that the Toronto Raptors have to carry through for the rest of the season. But the, to me, the, this notion of being overwhelming, both defensively as well as offensively, because of our, our because of the democratization and egalitarian nature of our offense is exactly what came to mind like this this notion of being too much not just for the Chicago Bulls last night but uh but but our competitors for the rest of the season um I'd be curious how to scheme against this team uh who's coming into their own at this juncture of the season it's going to be scary I, we we know what we've done to the Milwaukee Bucks of the world. We know what we've done to the Miami Heats of the world. We know what we've done now to the Chicago Bulls. We know what we've done to the Philadelphia Sixers in Philly. Don't forget that. Um, I think we're still waiting. We're, we're still looking forward to uh, a, a next meeting with the Brooklyn Nets. Um, we know what we did to the Boston Celtics earlier in the season in Boston. Yes, we're talking that blowout, that embarrassment. Um, so with a fully fleshed, uh, a more matured version of this iteration of the Toronto Raptors, it, it will be too much. And again, I'm not suggesting we're sudden championship contenders or... Um, we're, we're, we're beginning a dynasty reign at the moment. But I think we're, we're starting to see that the, the, the seeds, the ingredients of what can um, bring fruit uh, down the road. Um, and it's quite exciting. Well, I'm going to sign out because I, I, I have the tendency of, of going off and even longer than Rice. So, um, but he'll be back. And I know the Raps are going against Atlanta tonight. So uh, another back-to-back -back against a com again, competition that we've beaten earlier this week. So it'll be fun. I'm hoping Trey Young can, can play. He was, he was down on the injury list uh, for the last game. So um, this is another an opportunity to evaluate how we play against another team in the same week um, with top talent in Trey Young. And, um, and and solid coaching on the sidelines. All right, this is your boy Zaya signing out. Enjoy your Friday. Enjoy the upcoming weekend, and take care of yourselves. Peace. Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. Ooh.